You can change the world, it's your choice. One mic, one voice. You can change the world, it's your choice. One mic, one voice. You can change the world, it's your choice. One mic, one voice. Welcome to the One Mic, One Voice show, Building the Collective Conscious. Show that's created to give space where your voice, ideas, and informed opinions can be heard, appreciated, and debated. I am Michael Eric Owens. Man, it feels good to be back in the studio. I don't know about you, but uh, these are some challenging times. And sometimes you just need to get something off your chest. Sometimes you just need to speak up be heard <laughs> at least at least talk to yourself and and today I'm fortunate enough to be able to talk to all of you and it's a pleasure to be here with you um our, our show title today is it's time to move on it's time to move on and I, I think all of us have uh, whichever side of the aisle that you find yourself on the political aisle, I would say um, we, we have been through a lot. It's been very challenging. It's been uh, something that we never thought that we would experience, um, you know, in our lifetime, in our lifetime. But yet we have we have endured. Um, there were moments where I did not know <laughs> if we were going to make it through. But folks, it is time to move on. And I know that there is still some um, fear. Um, I would think some confusion about how this election will end up. But folks, it is over. And we are seeing the last, I guess, stand, if I could say that. But I'm not going to deal with the election today. I want to deal with how we move on. Because believe it or not, um, what we have experienced over the past four years is not going anywhere. And an example of that was just the other day in Washington, uh, with the million mega march. And, you know, <laughs> sometimes I just wish folks could be creative on their own. You ever had an idea stolen from you? Has anybody ever just usurped <laughs> your talents or your gifts? I mean, we know this comes from the million man march. These folks who are against affirmative action, against any type of social justice, would adopt this million mega march, which they didn't even come close to a million people if you look at the numbers. But I, I, I think I want to just concentrate on this, this element that is still in our society. And folks, we need to prepare ourselves because it's not going anywhere. I think there's some naivete out there for some um, 72 million people voted for uh, the one-term president. 72 million people. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. We got more Republican votes than any other president ever. And, of course, Joe Biden got more 
more uh, votes than any um, elected president ever. And so this is not going anywhere. It's here. It's it's down the block. In some cases, it's in our house. It's in our relationships that we try to maintain this idea of Trumpism. And, you know, what's, what, what struck me as being ironic is, you know, of course, you go to the, the Capitol to, to march and to protest and to let your voice be heard. But D.C. voted 93% for Joe Biden. Look at the 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 irony of going into this this district of Columbia and uh, <laughs> letting your grievance known for a place that went ninety three percent for Joe Biden. But what was the purpose? What was the purpose of this particular march? First, it was to protest the election, and and get this. It was to protest. Now, they won't get this because, again, if you can go back, listen to my podcast on the first political cult, which I talked about Trumpism being a cult. I mean, when you think about what these individuals are protesting, I mean, I really want you to get this. What they are protesting is the working of a democracy. We live, quote unquote. In a democracy, we could argue a republic. We could do that. We could debate that. I'm not going to debate that today. But we're in a democracy where people exercise their right to vote. If, if, you, if you can't exercise the freedom of your right to vote, of expression, and so, then it's not a democracy. So they, are, they went there to protest the workings of a democracy. And, you know, these people seem very disgruntled with the country. They seem like they don't want to be here. Now, their leader, I mean, I, I, I have a little advice for them. I mean, their leader is supposedly is this, you know, this billionaire, uh, you know, that, um, you know, has resources all around the world. Why don't they just leave? You know, Jim Jones left and he did his own thing. I mean, I don't think I wouldn't stand in their way. You know, I've been told as a black person, even though I served in the military, served this country for 13 years, I've been told as a black person, if I don't like this country, then leave. Go back to Africa, they, they tell me. that. Well, I visit Africa. You know, I love the continent, but I'm, I'm an American. We're born here, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, Rosa and Robert Owens are my parents. Uh, he was from Arkansas. She was from Mississippi. So I, I'm, 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 I'm American. But if they don't like it here, maybe they should leave. Maybe they should try the experiment themselves and, and make wherever they go great again. I mean, that's, that's just a, you know, a little experiment. But to protest democracy, to say stop the votes, or that the voting is fraudulent. Folks, they are saying, even um, Trump appointees are saying that this is the most secure election in election history. Um, And the second reason, to worship their leader. You know, he took a, uh, you can't call it a victory lap, maybe a loser lap. Yeah, there we go. I don't, (laughs) does any, (laughs) 
Does anybody take a loser lap? You know, when you watch NASCON, it's the victory lap. Do, do, is there a loser lap? I don't know, because he took a loser lap and uh, smiling and waving. And, and I just, I just, man, what has happened? What has happened? Well, I, 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 again, I don't think what we see today is, is nothing extraordinary new. I think it has um, historic elements, but for us, it's bizarre. It's grotesque to worship their leader. And this uh, person uh, by the name of of Tracy uh, Lavis said this. She was at the rally and she was interviewed. And I'm just going to give you a couple of um, um, uh, just a couple of quotes from her. she she's they describe her as wearing a red Trump flag as a cape. So she's give you the 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 visual description. She's got a Trump flag around her and she's waving a large American flag. OK, um, with others who she traveled from Michigan for the event. She actually traveled uh, overnight. She took a bus to get to the rally from Michigan. And this is what she says. I needed to be here. We all need to show our president some support. She goes on to explain that she came in, of course, on a bus. He needs it. And she's speaking of Trump. He needs it. He needs us. He's being run through the ringer since day one. Now, pay attention here to the word need. I need it to be here. He needs it. He needs us. Need. This constitutes a relationship, a dependence. It implies a codependence. You see, anytime, um, well, I can just ask you this question. Do you feel like you need Joe Biden? I don't think anybody that voted for Biden would say, that Biden needs us and we need him. We needed someone different elected, but it doesn't constitute a relationship. I don't know Joe Biden. I don't know him personally. He doesn't need me. He needs Jill. He needs his kids. He needs his friends. He needs, I don't, he doesn't need me, but the mentality of the cult follower is in such a connectiveness to the charismatic leader that in their mind, it implies I need him. He needs me. He needs us. We are here for him. (laughs) Man, I tell you a dependence, a codependence made up in the mind, but the manipulation of the leader though, creates that myth that we are in this deep relationship and we need each other. And, and, and as a narcissist, I would say, yes, he needs that attention. I mean, if, if you know any narcissist in your life, you know they are the center of attention. They need that attention. And if they don't have it, that's when they are really, really in bad shape. 
So they thrive on that. And he's created this cult. He's created this environment where those who follow him. Listen, folks, you would think they were hanging out together, that they had a seat at the table. They need him. He needs them. It's not going anywhere. I mean, this codependence between cult leader and follower. I want to dive into that for a moment. Because that relationship, there are certain characteristics for folks that fall into this sort of dependence and codependence when it comes to cult leaders. It's not going anywhere. 72 million people. Am I saying that everybody that voted for Donald Trump is part of a cult? I wouldn't go that far. I really wouldn't go that far because I think some simply wants to retain power. Many of the Republicans, they could care less about uh, the things that they just want to stay in power. Mitch McConnell and others, they don't care. Um, the Tim Scott's, the, you know, they just, they just want to stay in power, money and power. I did a podcast on that. You can check that out. So I'm not saying everyone, but I'm saying the diehard ones, the ones that will, you've heard them say, I would die for him. Yes, uh, the diehard ones see this as more than simply voting for a political candidate in which if you're like-minded like me, we're just simply voting for the best person that we think can run the country. Uh, I don't need Joe Biden. Joe Biden does not need me. He needed my vote. I need him to do some things in office, but on a personal level. Uh, again, what did she say? I needed to be here. He needs it. He needs us. Okay. So I'm going to give you, I believe there are seven. Uh, then we're going to kind of, wrap this thing up and make sense of it, but seven, seven. And I, and, and again, I, I want to help you. This is, and maybe I'm helping myself. I want to help you understand how do you deal with and interact with people that are in this universe? So the first one, the first characteristic of someone that is a follower of um, this particular cult is those who want to feel validated, validated. You see, when a, when a person has a dire need of approval, possibly due to long standing feelings of neglect, the attention and acceptance of a cult provides um, this feeling of being welcome, that we're part of something, this need to be validated that I'm not alone in my feeling. And what is that feeling? Notice that at that particular rally, it had a strong presence of white supremacy. The Proud Boys, um, I don't even know the names of these extreme groups, but they were there. The one percenters, they were all there. So, Again, this guy takes a loser lap. And who is he greeting? 
Not everyone there is part of a white supremacy group. I get that. But they are there in support of white supremacy ideas. Those ideas that say people that look like me are the other. Those ideas that say this is a white person, mainly male world, and women have no part in it. They are there in support of these ideas. And it validates them. They share these ideas. This is how they see the world. It's through the lens in which they not only see the world, but respond to the world and respond to people in the world. The need to feel validated. Number two. Those who are seeking an identity. I said many years ago, coming into the 21st century, that I thought identity would be the biggest challenge of the 21st century. And I believe it is. Who is the real American? I mean, that's that's the question that America has been trying to answer since the beginning, since since they encountered native peoples. And they created this country on the backs of slaves and prevented those folks from getting into society. But once they got into society and immigration and all of these things, the question is, who is the real American? It's about identity. Think about that for a moment. Who is the real American? How would you answer that? Well, These folks would say you have to be white, number one. Okay. Got to be white. If you're not white, then you're not a real American, which is a skewed history, right? I mean, (laughs) to think that white males built this country is one of the biggest lies perpetrated throughout American history. Not only did blacks, but Chinese and and uh and 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 Latinx and all types of folks contributed to the creation of this country. So it's about identity. And I would say that they're lost. They're lost. You see, if you don't know who you are, then how can you know anything else? I mean, really, if you I mean when I when I meet with students, because many of you have read my book, um, Yes, I am who I am, a new philosophy of black identity. You can pick it up. It's out there. Um, My central theme is about black identity. And when I talk to students, I, I ask them this question. I always start off by saying, who are you? And that's one of the most difficult questions to answer. Who are you? Truly. How do you describe yourself? Many will say, well, I work here. That's not who you are. Well, I do. That's not who you are. So for them, it's this seeking identity and they find it in hate. They find it in division. Their ID is not about them, but it's what they are against that defines who they are. Now, I'm building a blueprint of one of these people. I have a reason for doing that folks, a blueprint, because in the end, we're going to have to answer that question. How do we interact with them? 
How do we befriend them? Folks, we're going to take a break, and uh, we're going to be back in a minute. But you have these people in your life. I know you've been clearing house. I mean, me on Facebook, it's been a block party. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just telling you. Oh man, it's uh, we are in interesting times. But in interesting times, people find strength to rise up. Folks, hang in there. We will be right back. This is Michael Eric Owens, host of the One Mike, One Voice show. I want to give a shout out to all of our listeners all across the globe. Thank you for your undivided attention and for your conversation. You can catch us every Sunday on YouTube, 1230 p.m. Central Standard Time. And you can also catch us on Podbeam, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, on any one of those lovely, wonderful podcasting platforms you love to listen to. Please always remember, you can change the world. It's your choice. Yeah, I'm back. You thought I was going to stay gone no I got things I have to say (laughs) yeah I got a couple things I need to get off my chest yeah how do you deal with these people you can stay frustrated you can continue to argue continue to try to debate continue to try to change their minds but oftentimes you end up the damaged one The misunderstood one. Yeah. They are not going anywhere. But somehow. Somehow. We have to learn. To deal with this. Yes. So folks. I've been giving you. Some characteristics. Of those that. Are in this orbit. Number three. Uh, Number one was those who want to feel validated. Number two, those who are seeking identity. Number three, those who are followers and not leaders. You know, it's a shame when you follow someone that is going in the wrong direction. And I can give you a tiny, tiny example of that. I mean, if, 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 if I said, you know, get in the car and follow me and I had no clue where I was going. I think that would frustrate you deeply. We just kept driving and driving. I think when you follow a leader that has no direction, no vision, it's exactly like that. While they may be charismatic, um, you never truly, you never truly find yourself part of something that makes a difference. You see, um, followers um, are captivated 
by dynamic people. These dynamic people suck you in. You admire him and think, you know what? I want to be like him. That's what they see. You many of them say he's a he's a fighter. You know, he's a strong man. He might not say things the way, but he gets things done. They see something in him that they believe they are lacking. The only problem is they're they are seeing something that doesn't exist. It's just a manipulation. It is a mirage. It's not there. But as long as as they are blinded into believing that the mirage exists, they will continue to walk toward it like someone thirsty in the desert. Right. You continue to walk forward only to get there and realize the goalpost has been moved. And that's exactly what he did in the election leading up to the election. What did he say? If I lose, it's because it was stolen. Over and over again, he talked about ballots coming in that 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 were uh, by dead people and and how fraudulent the system was and and all. He kept moving the mirage, and now he came out today and said, "Yeah, you know, Biden won, but it was stolen from me." And so they keep following that. And there is no way you can prove to them that is a mirage. It doesn't exist. It's not there. What you're seeing is not in reality because they have been conned and set up to believe because they see something in him that they feel that they do not have within themselves. So they are strictly followers and not leaders. Number four, those who are highly suggestible. Yeah, gullible. I mean, it's, (laughs) man. And there are, you know, it's hard to believe, I think, sometimes that people are that gullible. That people would, 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 would support a person that claims to be a billionaire but refuses to show his taxes. And then when the discovery comes out, it's, it shows that he's paid nothing really in taxes. But then he simply says, I've paid millions. And they say, well, they don't know what they're talking about. He's, he's paid millions. And you say to yourself, how they're gullible. They're, they're, they're easily suggestible. It doesn't matter because people in these situations are brainwashed. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's. Yes, they're brainwashed. You might say, well, hold on a second. That's, that's a pretty harsh thing to say. No, we've seen it. We, we, we've, you can just study American cults. It's a reality. Heaven's Gates, uh, David Koresh, uh, Jim Jones. I'm, I'm not even, I mean, there's, there, there was a show on, on, I think it's on ID or something. I mean, they, they, they talk about hundreds of cults where people have been brainwashed into following a charismatic leader. And you say, how could that happen in the political process? Because you elected. I didn't vote for him. I'm not saying you did, but somebody put him in office. He got three hundred and what six electoral college votes last time. Uh, somebody put him in there. Uh, Seventy-two million people voted for him, and how could that be? 
because they're brainwashed. Now, I'm not saying all of them. Now, don't don't get me wrong. I'm not inferring this to all the 72 million people because I know some people strictly voted simply because they want to stay in power. Or they like they like the idea of of, you know, police officers, for instance. I know a lot of probably a lot of police officers voted for him. They like the idea of of a president up there that says they can do no wrong. So there's varying reasons, but the hardcore folks, yes, they're brainwashed. And then number five, those who constantly blame others. You've heard this, make America great again. So how did America get messed up? Oh, it wasn't by them. Oh, it's by us. Oh, uh (laughs) I mean, make America great again. I, I thought that was one of the most offensive slogans that I have ever listened to. Make America great again. And I can't help but canvas history. I couldn't help but go back and and kind of revisit, you know, that thing called slavery and Jim Crow and segregation and the Little Rock Nine and 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 all of these, you know, the death of Doc King and Megger Evers, his death and and what they did to Emmett Till and and even come full circle today and Brother George Floyd. I mean, make America great again? When? When I when I couldn't drink at the same water fountain of my white brothers and sisters? When I had to go in the back and, and get my food because they wouldn't serve me in the front. Or when they put fire hoses on black people and dogs. What about all the lynchings that took place for people, black people? What about the Tulsa 1921 race massacre? What about that? So so that that phrase in itself, make America great again, they constantly blame others right it was those blacks in Tulsa how dare they think that they their own talents and gifts and and ingenuity could build a community that flourishes how dare they yeah take back our country that's what they that's what they were saying too. take back our country from who who took it from them Blamers are prime time, high season game for cult mentality. They make perfect members. They're great followers because they follow others and they have no moral issue with doing so, regardless of the consequences. That's why this man could say what he said. They would go, well, you know, yeah, yeah. Is, is, is he a racist? Well, I don't believe he, he's a racist. He didn't mean it that way. They can make excuses for that. Why? Because they have the other to blame. Right? It's the fault of black people, Latinx, Native Americans, immigrants, of course. You know, if he George Floyd had only followed the police officer's commands, he would be he would be uh, Walter Scott. Same thing. He they would be all right if he only didn't run away and got shot in the back. He would have been all right. The brother that fell asleep um, in his car, he would have been all right if he just didn't run away. Remember when he said Mexicans are rapists and criminals? Uh, yeah, it's it's them. 
It's them. They're coming in this country, right? It's because you come from S-hole countries. Remember when he said that? Yeah. And then I've mentioned this before. Go back to your own country. You see, it's this idea of blaming others. And when you listen at these rallies, it's all about blaming people. When you listen to their cult leader, their one, the one-term president, it's all about blaming people. It's never about how we bring this country together. It's never about how we lift each other up. It's never about justice and fairness. It's all about you are the problem. If you would only go away, if you would only know your place. I remember in Oklahoma City, y'all have heard me tell this story if you listen to the show. <clears throat> At one job that I had in my office, I had, of course, a picture of uh, Barack Obama, president, looking cool, getting out of a car. He had his shades on, and it said black cool. Um, I also had a uh, post, of course, of uh, Martin Luther King, Frederick Douglass, and uh, I had a, a poster of Malcolm X. And this black man um, told me, because when you open my, my door, you could look in. And he said to me, he said, man, ooh, you need to get rid of that poster. I said, what do you mean? He said, that Malcolm X poster. I said, what's wrong with my poster? He told me, he said, you're going to make a lot of people nervous around here. I said, I don't care about making people nervous. My office, I can put up what I want to put in my office, my office. He said, you need to learn your place. Think about that for a moment. A black man elderly black man told me I need to learn my place. The reason he could tell me that because he knew his place. Well, I told him like this, even if you pointed to the place, I wouldn't know it. My mother didn't raise me. My father didn't raise me to find my place. They raised me to soar. They made raise me to be who I need to be to try to reach my full potential, even in the face of racism and discrimination and arsticism and being pushed to the periphery of this society. I was raised to try to be the best that I can and to create my own place. Man, I tell you, that mentality exists, not just in white folks and black folks, right? Historically. We're going to Booker T. Washington, but I don't have that time. I got to wrap this up here in a minute. Number six, those who are always angry. I mean, they even they even punch folks at their rallies, man. I'm like, I'm like attack people at their rallies. He even said in the old days, we would just take them out back. And you know what? You know, he told the one I'll pay for you. Just clock them. I mean, who? Who behaves that way? This is what we have been through over the past four years. And folks, we must not become numb to it. It's not normal. Again, I told you I'm painting a blueprint of a person that is in this cult. And how you need to interact and deal with this person. I'm coming to that. I'm not, I'm, it's, it's not far off. They're always angry. You know, you, I, I hear people, oh, you're playing a race car. You're being the victim. These are the biggest victims out there. 
You talk about well, black people, you know, y'all. No, you are the biggest victim out there. You're living in privilege, but you a victim. When you walk in the store, don't nobody follow you around. When you when you driving around, ain't nobody racial profiling you. When your name come up on a job description, uh, you know, Steve Jones, ain't no ain't nobody saying when they when they when they when they see Michaela or something like that. Oh, that must be a black person, or that's a minority person. You not you not experience name discrimination, but you running around here like you a victim. Take back our country. Make America great again. We don't want immigrants in here. Like you are a victim. It's laughable, actually. And this is the mentality. It is so warped. It is so warped that they can't see it. You could explain these things, but they can't see it. Who would justify for this man? Who? If if you were not brainwash if you were in your right mind well the president has every right to uh to uh his legal challenges in the election says uh, uh mcconnell i need to come up with a nickname for him every right okay think about this just because you have the right doesn't mean you do it just because you have the right to do something doesn't mean you do it because there's consequences because what you're doing, you're playing into the hysteria of these individuals. And when this man leaves, he will leave because he lost. It is clear. It's been clear for days. He should have conceded right away. This mentality will still be here. They're going to say exactly what he said today. Yeah. He only won because it was stolen. Okay, this is the first time that I know of in American history where a president has said, I lost because they stole it from me. In other words, I really didn't lose. In other words, this is an illegitimate president. And 70 some million people believe it. That's how dangerous this is. They are the victim. Trump is playing like he's a victim. (laughs) Man, they can't see the con. I guess if you could see the con, you wouldn't be conned, I guess. But they can't see the con. And then, number seven, those who have very low self-worth. You know, I mean, this, this is where... Part of my heart goes out to them because they are hurting people. They feel that they have no value. And the only way they can have any type of value is to be against, not for, against. Their value is based upon them lifting themselves up in a position that they are better. Superiority. No matter what their socioeconomic status is, it's I'm in this cult and I'm better because I follow him and he's speaking the truth to me and I have this truth and you don't. 
And because you don't believe, you are a non-believer, be cast out. But the truth is, on the inside, they are hurting people. They feel lost. They feel like something's been taken from them. When actually nothing's been taken from them. Actually, things have been given to them. Unearned privilege has been given to them. But that's how warped the thinking is. I mean, how could Jim Jones take folks to Guyana and make them drink Kool-Aid? Which was poison, by the way. How could he do that? Well, when you have mind control. Yes, Trump has mind control over them. It's not going anywhere. It's not just 10,000 people over here. They're not isolated. And that's the danger, folks. They're not just isolated to a geographical space. When I said earlier, your family members, your co-workers, um, you know, your friends, they're sprinkled around America. And it's not going anywhere because they've created a network of communication. Platforms to continue to spew all of this hatred. All of their victimization. It's not going anywhere. Trump may go to jail. He may. He's got a lot of things that they're going to hit him with. New York's coming after him. Other people are going to sue him. He might go to jail. But Trumpism is here to stay. It's not leaving. Some of these individuals we work with are related to or have befriended in the past. How do you maintain a working relationship, family ties, friendship with a Trumper? Let me repeat that. How do you maintain a working relationship family ties or friendships with a trumper well i'm going to be blatantly honest with you you don't you don't when people are telling you out there that uh um that somehow the two worlds coexist and they're lying to you maybe they're not actively you know trying to perpetrate a lie maybe they're just naive but some things that are broke cannot be fixed no matter how much you try to glue it together you know screw it together some things broken cannot be fixed the world of Trumpisms are on for those who have pledged allegiance to this worldview. The world of Trumpism, let me say this, is open for those who have pledged allegiance to this worldview. Have you pledged allegiance to that worldview? Think about it like this. We live on Earth, they live on Earth too. Two different places. The only way you can get to Earth too if you pledge allegiance to it. Can evil embrace good or can good embrace evil? 
Can light coexist with darkness? Can justice befriend injustice? Are not life and death on opposite ends of the spectrum? You see, some of you are hanging on to that which you cannot hold. Maybe this is a dire message to you. Because I know people that are struggling with, but this is my, this is my dad. This is my mom. This is my brother. Man, we were friends for so long. Known him since high school. I got to come in every day. I work with this person. People are struggling with how do I coexist? You can't. You can't. You see, some would argue with me and say, well, you know, it's politics and politics should never ruin a relationship. Hmm. It's an interesting thought. However, I would say this is more than politics. This is more than, you know, I voted for this person or that person. It's a condition of the heart and the soul. What am I saying to you? I'm saying you can't maintain these relationships. It's impossible. You say, well, I, I, we, we just don't talk politics. Mm. What is politics? Politics is life. Whether I get justice or not is politics. Whether I get racially profiled is politics. Whether the, 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 the LGBTQ plus community is treated fairly is politics. Whether women get paid the same wage that men do is politics. Whether sexism exists in the workplace and out of it is politics. It's about the heart and the soul. And if you can reconcile being coupled with someone that views someone like me, a woman, other minorities, as less than, I tell you, you need to question what earth you are on. Folks, it is time to move on. It is time to make a decision because if we want a new America, we cannot drag in racism and discrimination, sexism, xenophobia. We cannot drag those things into a new America. And if you are maintaining these relationships with cult members, you have to ask yourself the question. Number one, do you have the courage to stand up for what you truly believe? Because simply saying we won't talk about politics is what does that mean? Are, are you being true to yourself? Are you being true to others? And in and, and kowtowing when somebody else is talking about it, what is that? You need to look in the mirror and question yourself. 
is fear keeping you in these relationships? Oh, I can't, I can't help. I, you know, I can't say them. My father, he, he'll cut me off. I, I, you know, I got inheritance coming, you know, daddy's paying for this and, and, uh, I, I can't do that. And, and, oh, if I, if I come out against him, he's the most popular, you know, athlete in the school. I, I can't do that. Where's your integrity? Where are you? Getting back to identity. Do you know yourself? Folks, if we truly want change, if you want change, isn't Gandhi say be the change that you want to see? It's time to move on. No longer, no longer. No longer can you entertain those relationships. Folks, I know it's harsh. I know it's difficult. But it's okay. It's okay. Because if we want to create a country that is available for all people and all people are treated with respect and dignity and fairness and justice, listen. There will be more with us than be with them. I'm not saying that some won't come along. Maybe they will. But all you have to do is do a little history. And those cults, they don't end well. And people that come out of them, man, it's got to be some traumatic within the cult. They usually don't wake up and go, you know what? Yeah, you convinced me, Mike. I'm coming out of it. That doesn't happen. Again, like I said last week, we need to coalesce together. We need to move forward together. We can no longer waste time and energy on folks that are caught up on earth, too. It's their reality. It's not ours. We have little time. Don't think we have a long time. We have little time to act. Momentum can easily be... um, dissipated we don't have a long time folks I want you to think very deeply about all the relationships that you have and you might have to do some cleansing there you may think the cleansing is of the relationship but truly the cleansing is of your own soul Because history will speak of us. Somewhere in the distant future, a scribe will reach down deep into the archives of our time. And what will she find? Will she discover that we overcame our differences? Will she find that out of many, we became one? Or will she find that we solved nothing and remain a divided peoples? Yes, history will speak of us. We can be the change that's in our life. All we gotta do is work together. We gotta raise our children better. We gotta stop the hate, stop the hate, and spread the love. One mic, one voice. You can change the world, it's your choice. One mic, one voice. You can change the world, it's your choice. One mic, one voice.
can change the world, it's your choice. One mic, one voice. You can change the world, it's your choice. Your choice. Thank you for downloading the One Mic, One Voice show. Take a moment and subscribe and share. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or any other podcasting platform. Thank you for your continued support and for your voice. You can change the world. It's your choice. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on the One Mic, One Voice show are not the views, thoughts, and opinions of our sponsors.